Many Christians are not happy because they fail to stir up joy by the faith method. They fail to stir up joy by the faith method. Now again, I want to say you have to determine in your life if you really believe that it's God's desire for you to be happy. Not for Christians to be happy, but is it God's desire for you to radiate the joy of Christ? Is it God's will that you exhibit a disposition of unhappiness, sorrow, and misery? Or is it God's desire that you exhibit an attitude of happiness and joy? You must settle that question. What is God's will? Does God mind if I go around with a sour look on my face? Does God care if I look to be gloomy? Does God really care? Does it bother God? He has so many things to worry about. Does this really bother God if I go around down in the dumps with a facial expression of that I'm disgusted with life? Does God really care? I think he does. I really do. Look at Psalms 32.11. Now, if you have your Bibles tonight, Psalms 32.11. I want you to be convinced that God wants you to be happy. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Notice there are three things. Be glad and rejoice, and thirdly, shout for joy. Now this is to be the normal lifestyle of the Christian. Look at Psalms 100, verse 2. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all your lands. What kind of noise? A complaining noise? No. A joyful noise of the Lord. If you will, look at Proverbs 15, 13. It's to your advantage that we, uh, I, we all maintain joy in our lives. Proverbs 15, 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Your own physical health is involved in this matter of whether or not you can maintain a life of joy or a life of misery. John 16, 13, Jesus told his disciples, be of good cheer and be cheerful. John 17, 13, he prays that this might be the lot of life for his followers, that that is, they might have his full joy. And that's John 17, 13. Cheerfulness is the order or the command for every day of our life. Look at Psalms 118, 24. Many of you learn this verse by heart, but if not, you can look it up. This is the day. Now notice, this is the day. Every morning we ought to get up. This is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice. So I don't feel like it. That's not what it says. We will rejoice. How? By the faith method. No. A lot of folks, you see, say, well, I'll rejoice only when I feel like it. Well, you won't do much rejoicing some days. You've heard the old saying, well, I got up on the wrong side of the bed. There is no wrong side of the bed unless it's against the wall. You know, that would be the wrong side of the bed. You couldn't get up. Well, that's fine. But the point is, every day, we're to rejoice in the Lord. You say, how do you do that? By the faith method. I'll tell you about that in a minute. By the faith method. Let me ask you a question. You're the kind of person who is sighing when you ought to be singing. The kind of person that's whimpering when you could be whistling. I can't whistle much, you know, but I could try it. 
Are you the kind of person that's crying when you could be laughing and are you frowning when you could be smiling? Some people say, well, now just a minute, preacher. You made one big mistake. You say, I could be smiling and I could be whistling and I could be laughing and I could be singing. No, I can't. Now, I've tried that. I've tried to be happy and tried to push my problems out of my way. I, I've tried that. I want to. God knows I want to be happy, but I cannot do it. And so don't tell me I, I couldn't be whistling and singing. I can't do it. I'll say something else to you. Are you a fun person to live with? You husbands and you wives? Let your children ask, answer the question. Are you a fun person to live with? Now, really? Are you a fun person to live with? Are you a fun person to meet? I mean, that's a commercial on TV. I, I just, oh, I just love it. Now, not many commercials get me, but I don't know what, it's, it's, it's right guard commercial. You know this old guy, he opens the mirror up and the petition's gone, and one guy in one apartment looks through and here's this other guy, he's got his right guard. He says, hi, guy. You know, I, I just love that guy. You know, I don't know anybody. And the other old guy stands there and, kind of sour and he calls his wife, hey Mona, come out and be like me, you know, hey Mary Lou. But I just love that old guy, says, hi guy, great morning, isn't it? I got your right guard, you know. I, I just, but it's the disposition of the guy that just sends me. I love that guy. Now, Larry, are you the kind of guy folks like to meet? I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn the television on to watch the hey Mona guy, but oh, I like the other guy. Are you the kind of person folks like to meet? Are you a fun person to know, to be around? You know, a lot of us might dodge the old crank and the man that's down the dumps and sour and pessimistic, but we like to be around a person full of sunshine and full of optimism. There's something attractive about that. Let me say this. If you're not cheerful, let's face honest truth. Now, if you're not cheerful, you're going to have a hard time lifting up Jesus to anybody. You're really on it. You've got to have had a hard time convincing anybody that the life that Christ gives is worth taking if you can't be cheerful. I mean, I wouldn't buy from a salesman cough medicine if ever other word. <coughs> yeah, I just wouldn't buy. <laughs> and if you tell me that the Christ life is something I not only need, but I will enjoy and it will change my life completely. I want to see in you something I can't get in the world. And I tell you, you can't sell me that. Don't accept Jesus or not. You know, that's not going to do it, folks. <laughs> that's not going to do it. Heaven's a happy place. If it wasn't, nobody won't go there. And we have to make the home we live in a happy place or our kids may decide, well, I don't want to go to heaven if that's what it's going to be like. We ought to make our church a happy place. Now, I really believe that. You go into some churches like King Tut's tomb. If heaven's like that, I don't think I'm too inspired to go. You know, it's just not very interesting to me. And we ought to have a happy evangelism because no other evangelism is going to have a lasting appeal. This matter of being happy, you see, is very crucial. It's crucial to church. It's crucial to your home. It's influencing your children for Christ. It's crucial in evangelizing the lost. Being Cheerful is very necessary in the program of Christ. For he says, my disciples shall have full joy. Nobody wants full misery. That's what the world's trying to get away from. And I don't believe anything can work wonders quicker in your life and mine than a steady daily dose of just plain old good cheer.
it really works wonders. When our disposition becomes sour and we allow it to rule us, then you know the whole atmosphere around us becomes sour. You can prove this day in and day out. You'd be surprised how much influence you have and how your attitude is contagious to other people. You can gladden or you can sicken the people that you're around, and they can do the same thing to you. Someone said there's three classes of people, the few who make things happen. Then there are the many who watch things happen. And thirdly, there's the majority who never notice when anything does happen. But there are few folks who make things happen. And cheerfulness falls under the category of the things that sometimes you have to make it happen by the faith method. You have to make it happen. Now, unfelt joy can be produced by the faith method. And sometimes that's the only way you can do it when you're not in the mood to do it. Now, we talk about there's a need to have faith to be saved. And we have to have faith to move mountains. And we have to have faith to drive out the devil. And we have to have faith to heal. But have you ever heard anybody say you have to have faith to be cheerful? I believe you do. I believe you do. Now, faith can produce cheer if you work it right. I think cheerfulness can be built on what I would call the grounds of possibility thinking. It can be built on the grounds of possibility thinking. In other words, by faith we give God a chance to capture a smile and place it on our face. Sometimes the problem is we don't give faith anything to work with. Faith needs a vision, and faith needs some imagination when it comes to being sure. First of all, it needs a vision. Faith needs a vision. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror? Good look. Have you ever tried to smile at yourself? Try it sometime, you know. Faith needs a vision. What's the vision? That you're the kind of person that's winsome for the Lord. That's the vision. When people see you walking down the street, they say, I sure hope they walk my way. You may be a Christian, you may be really sold out for God and living a moral life, but you're so cheerful, let's say, I still like for him to come by and just smile on me and speak to me. I, I love to be around that guy. Now that's your vision, that you radiate so much the joy of Christ that people just want you to come by and touch the hem of your garment. Now that's the vision, great vision. Little children run to you. All ages come to you. Because of the cheerfulness of your life. That's the vision. Now, faith needs an imagination. How are you going to pull off the vision? Now you need some imagination. And the imagination has to be one that is optimistic. Now, if you're going to be cheerful, there are times when you're going to have to give yourself a new cheerleader. A new cheerleader. And you know what impossibility thinkers do? And I'm so guilty of this at times, I'll tell you. An impossibility thinker stays sour because he does three things very quickly. Very quickly he does these things. Now, number one, he makes swift observations. Number two, he makes quick decisions. And number three, he makes instant conclusions. I can't be happy, won't do any good, and they won't like me. What's that? Now, that quick, I've set my course and set my sail. I've already told you that I'm going to be sour when I pass by your way. Now, you see, we need more imagination than that. We see that the task may be distasteful, dreary, and difficult. We say, 
it won't work and I can't do it, why even try it? Now that's not the kind of faith you see that's going to get the job done. Stir your imagination up a little bit. Do it a little bit longer than just looking and making a quick decision. Give yourself a pep talk if it's necessary and say, is this any way for a Christian to think that I can't be happy? Why that's not Christian? Why can't you be happy? Imagine the scene that you're going to get yourself into. I remember reading a story of a guy that they went to a business meeting and he walked in and there were five big executives sitting around this great big desk and no one was talking to anyone. They were just all sitting there, you know, like Mr. Big Shot, waiting for the real Big Shot coming, you know. There they sat. Nobody's sitting in there. And then in walked this guy, you know, and he was a ball of fire and went around patting everybody on the back and, how you doing, fella? Good to see you. Great day. How you been doing? And, and of course, the guy would have to talk to him. He looked up, you know, he said, all of us are looked up and, oh, who are you, you know? And, but the more the old guy talked to each one of them, the more warm they got. And before that guy got through, all five of them were just talking up in that room, and one man made the difference. And so after the meeting was over, this guy asked him, he said, what, what, what did you do? How did you do that? And he said, well, I stood outside the door, and I knew the disposition of these men. And I stood there, and I got in my mind the vision of those men sitting around that table, sour as they could be. Then I pictured in my mind I was going to go around, and I was going to pat them on the back, and I was going to smile on them, and I was going to see how great a day it was. And I envisioned they just got so happy about it. And I went around the table in my mind talking to all those guys. And when I went in there, I already rehearsed it, you see, in my mind, and I started. And you know, he said it happened just like I pictured it. That's the great truth in that, folks. There's a great truth in that. If you want to be happy, you pre-program yourself and you rerun the show for yourself before you try it out. But it'll work. But it'll work. And I want to say this. You put on a smiling face. So I don't like that word put on, preacher. Well, I don't know any other word to use for you. <laughs> but put on a smiling face. And even though you don't feel like smiling, you smile anyway. And I'll tell you a little secret. You never forget this. Feelings always follow actions without reservation. You go in there without the feeling, or you tell yourself without the feeling, and it won't be long if you begin to act it out. Act the role out, play act it out, make believe, children can do it. Before you know it, the feelings will come, and you truly will have the happiness at first. You just institute by faith. You can talk yourself by imagination into anything. I could walk up tonight and I say, hey, you know, you look sick. You feel bad? And if you said, you know, I, I don't feel too good. How about your head? I, I think my head hurts. Now, your head doesn't hurt, but I'm going to tell you again, folks, feelings follow actions. And before you know it, you're ready to go to the hospital. Now, I think, what's wrong with you? But you can talk yourself into this. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I don't. And pretty soon you know you don't feel good. Because your body has followed suit of what you keep telling it. You can say out loud in front of the mirror, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. And I'll guarantee you'll lose. You never told a hurt coach says football team, now boys, you'll be number one by every day going there saying I'm a loser. <laughs> Bro, that don't work. You tell yourself we're winners. We're winners. We're winners. I'm a smiler, I'm a smiler, I'm a smiler. You keep telling yourself that. I'm a smiler, I'm a smiler, I'm a smiler, I'm a smiler. 
and you keep on and you'll start smiling. But you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you go out the door, man, everybody would look out, because you'll run over it. It just works that way, folks. Because you believe it, and then as soon as you believe it, you show it. You come to church. I don't like the song, 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 I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it, but you man, I can't stand this song, <laughs> But you come in here and you say, you know, that's a great song. I love the words, I love to hear the music, I love that song, that's a great song. So, I love that song. You can't wait to announce it. It's all, folks, in what I call the faith process. And feelings follow. My wife, he's preaching this sermon to me all the time. <laughs> She said, you know, well, you're going to have a great test Saturday. She doesn't believe I can work it. You know, I thought I can't. But you have a great test Saturday. We're going to have a meeting, a preacher's meeting, and I don't want to go. You know, I don't, I'm not going to like it. Well, you know, I've already convinced myself I'm not going to like it. It may be the greatest meeting. Maybe I don't want to go. 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 And, you know, I don't want to go. <laughs> but if I said, I want to go. I'll bless somebody and they'll bless my soul. Man, we're going to have a great time. I'll enjoy it. It's all the way I set my mood where it's going to be. I can be happy or I can be moody or I can be sorry. It's all up to me. And the faith process, folks, that's the way it works. We all learn to repeat out loud when we get up in the morning. I've got every right in the world to be happy this morning. That's true, folks. Just look around you. Man, God is good to me. And I've got every reason in the world not one reason tonight to be sour. Not a reason. That's an honest testimony. Man, God's good to me. Say, well, you don't have any problems? Oh, sure, I got problems. But I got some problems that keep the smile on my face. There's something God, you see, gives us eternal life, and you can't take that away from us. That's wonderful. Well, I'll put a smile. That's enough smile about right there. That is. God still loves me. Boy, that's something to smile about. Thanks my wife and God to love me, you know, but I'm still grateful for that. You got a lot to be so good, so happy about tonight and in the morning. And say I'm happy. I'm so the toast burns. Big deal. I'm happy. I'm happy. And you just keep saying it. You might convince yourself that burning toast smells good, you know. You just keep saying, good smell, good smell. Never smells so good in my life. Good smell. It's all the way you do it, folks. You know, a wife might cook you another piece. You keep saying that to her. Well, keep telling yourself, and you'll come to the point where you believe it. You say, well, that's brainwashing. I don't care what you want to call it. I call it faith building, but it works. It works. I can do all things. Don't say it once. Through Christ, say it twice. That doesn't work. Say it three times, four times. Don't quit. That's the secret now. Don't quit. Shoe salesman will never sell shoes if he says, only one time I can sell shoes. But he goes to every door. This is the guy. I can sell shoes. I can and I will. And I can and I will. I remember a preacher saying one time, boy, he, he was going to go out and knock on doors. He said, man, I, I, I hope they wouldn't be there when I rang the bell. I just scared the guy. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And then he changed his mind. He said, you know, I'm going to enjoy this visit. This could be the dearest friend I'll ever have in my life. I'm, back. I'm fixing to meet him right now. Right now. Don't know who they are, but this could be the dearest friend of my life. I'm going to come to love these people, and I'm just going to enjoy visiting with these people. And he said it changed his whole attitude. And he just looked forward to every door he went to. And sure enough, a lot of those people did become his dearest friends. It's 
all in the way you look at it and the way you think about it. Some say, well, you're lying to yourself, preacher. You're not happy, and yet you say you tell yourself you are happy. Uh, well, I don't agree with that. Now, what part are you saying I'm not happy? I agree with you, maybe the flesh, but I believe the Spirit in which the Holy Spirit dwells, if there's no guilt there, I, I think the Holy Spirit can say, well, now listen, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. I believe that part. You can say that without any discrepancy. Furthermore, you may say, well, you're faking it. No, I say I'm faking it. I'm not faking it. I'm faking it. I'm really being obedient. Does not the Bible say rejoice in the Lord? This is the day the Lord hath made. That's a commandment. Rejoice. Well, now, I'm going to have to obey it. I'm going to have to faith it. It's never phony for a Christian to be obedient. It's never phony for a Christian to act appropriately as a Christian should. It's not phony for Christians to be cheerful. It's not phony for Christians to impress people with what the life of Christ can be like. It's not phony to feel joy of the Lord within our life. That's not being a phony. I don't think it's very spiritual to wallow in your misery. I can't see anywhere where the Bible says that's commendable. But I think it is commendable where you set a smile in motion by faith and you step out by faith and set out to do what will eventually come naturally to you. I'm saying you have to force the cheer many times in the beginning. You have to imagine the cheer as that man in that boardroom did. You have to imagine it. You have to play act it. But it'll come in reality. I, I found this happened to me in the hospital one day. I went and I didn't want to go. Some young boys wanted me to go visiting with them, and I didn't want to go visiting in the hospital. It's not the cheeriest place to go visiting. And you're supposed to go in and spread some cheer around when you go to the hospital, you know, and I wasn't cheery myself. So, you know, preacher, though, if somebody wants to go visiting, the preacher's going to go visiting because that's his duty, you know. So I obeyed the boy, you know. So I went, and I had the attitude, man, this is not for me. So I went to the first room, you know, and how you doing? Anything we can do for you? No, well, goodbye. <laughs> you know, and I went to the next room, and how you doing? Uh, my, in my mind, I said, man, I got to help you get out of this place. Uh, but as I went on, from room to room, I began to realize something was changing in me. About the first, sixth or seventh room, I began to change. The further I went, the happier I got. Those first poor old folks, they said, man, that guy, I don't know what's wrong with him. But when I got on down the line, man, I was a bundle of joy. And I'd go in there, and I had a tremendous time, and I was very happy in doing it. Now, that, that's strange, but you see it changed. I didn't want to do it. Then I began to sense that it was important. And I began to sense what kind of influence I was having on those poor old sick folks. And then I began to change. Now, it's possible for this to be done. Now, that's not faking it. Force it. Because I believe it's the venture of love when you can be cheerful. It's spreading sunshine when finally the feeling matches the actions. Because feelings always follow actions. You do it at first mechanically, and later your heart will be in it. I believe that. And that's so essential in coming to church. You can walk in that door and say, I'm not going to enjoy the service, and I'm going to be bored stiff, and I'm not going to get anything out of this, and I'm unhappy, and I wish I was at home watching television, I wish I was somewhere else. 
this is a waste of time. You keep saying that, folks, and there's not a chance in the world for a service. To, but you come in where you feel like and not say, man, God's going to do something tonight for me. Not just for these folks, but for me. I'm going to be cheerful. I'm going to be in this service, and I'm going to enjoy it. And something great's coming. And you begin to tell yourself that, and you know, pretty folks, it'll happen to you. And what a lot of people say, well, I don't know anything that happens to me at church. Nothing, nothing ever happens to me. Well, I wonder why. We ought to have a mirror look at it every three minutes in your face. And I'll tell you why. All right. You keep acting cheerful. If it's play acting, play it. Till the excitement hits you. Till the real cheer comes your way. Get excited by force if necessary. And the excitement will be forthcoming later on. Rejoice in faith. And before long, you'll rejoice in feelings. Why can't I be joyful? Because you fail to stir up the joy by the faith method. We wait on our feelings. Don't do that. Keep programming your mind. I will be cheerful. You'll be amazed at what you accomplish in this realm of joy. It takes that drive. Hi there, guy. You tried. You tried. And those guys will be looking in your window because they got something that you want. Father, we're thankful tonight for the joy that is available. We ask this night that you'll help us to realize how vital and important it is and how much we even ourselves like a cheerful person. We would want you to be cheerful if we saw you face to face. Help us to realize this night that if we were to lift you up, we'd have to make it attractive. we have to make the life that Christ offers something worth it worth receiving. Father, we ask this night that you place within our hearts this faith operation in regards to our joy, that we'll begin to work at it until the feeling comes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.